Welcome to our podcast today on Small Business Horsepower. Your Small Business Horsepower podcast, you can find it wherever you can find your podcast, which includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Tumblr, and a number of sites. I think you're going to be very pleased today. On Small Business Horsepower, we have Mr. Dave Newell and he's got a great business called Evolve Leadership Consulting. He's the president, and he joins us today on Small Business Horsepower. Dave, welcome to the program today on Small Business Horsepower. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure. Dave, first I'd like to start with, tell me a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you went to school. Let's review your background here a little bit. That sounds good. So I'm a small town Minnesota boy. Uh, you might hear a long O or two come out as uh, as we talk. Uh, I'm based in North Carolina now. I grew up in the Midwest, you know, the youngest of two older brothers. I'm also six foot six and the smallest one. So I'm the runt at six foot six, but played a lot of sports growing up, ended up going to a small liberal arts college in Minnesota called Gustavus Adolphus College, had a comm studies major, kind of took that into postgraduate work in leadership and organizational development. And I uh, actually spent the first part of my career in community organizing and higher education. I actually started out mostly as a teacher and an organizer. And in about 2012, started into the consulting world and never really looked back at that point. Wow. Where in Minnesota did you grow up? I tell you, I love Minnesota because I, I did a lot of work with 3M Company at the time. And a couple of the guys from there take me fishing up to Lake Vermilion. I love that area up there. And uh, I love I love it. Tell me about where in Minnesota. Yeah, it's a, it's beautiful. I grew up in a little town called Fergus Falls, Minnesota. It's kind of West Central. They refer to it as Lake Country, even though most of Minnesota is Lake Country. You know, there were six lakes in the city limits in the town that I grew up in, <laughs> of like 15,000 people. And so, you know, we come from like a, a farming background, it's like a lot of farming communities. I mean, I grew up helping out my relatives driving combine during harvest season and all that. But part of the reason why we ended up in Charlotte is because there's quite a few lakes here. And I don't think I could live in a place where there aren't lakes. The land of 10,000 lakes, Minnesota, a little walleye fishing. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Dave, uh, all right. So your first job was in education, right? So uh, higher education, correct? And uh, so you were in that business. And then, well, let's just get right to it then. Well, how do you transition from being in higher education to consulting business or leadership consulting business? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, a lot of what I did in higher education was primarily focused on building leadership development programming. And so I created a lot of different programs. I helped create a center called the Center for Servant Leadership. I created a program at Davidson College here in North Carolina. And through that programming, I was learning all these theories. I was learning all these concepts and you know, applying these things in different situations. And what I realized is there wasn't enough practical application to keep me interested long term, quite frankly, like I really enjoyed the theory, I really enjoyed learning, but I wanted to be doing things. And so in 2012, I got connected to a couple of alums at the school I was working at at the time, and they have a company called Sage Presence, and they were coaching sales training for architecture, engineering and construction firms. And they were looking for some additional facilitators, I just happened to get connected to them, it was a little bit of a, a random coincidence, and uh, started working with Pete and Dean, the the founders of that company uh, and just totally loved it. 
just got into facilitating trainings, coaching leaders on sales trainings. And I started to see patterns in the communication training that they were delivering in terms of how human beings even think and how they solve problems and how they organize information in themselves in businesses. And so naturally, I started leaning into the organizational development realm. And really what we do is we take a a systems approach, not a symptoms approach. And so we look at, well, what are the main operating systems in your organization? And we want to make sure that those things are aligned. And so we refer to it as aligning the misaligned. And in my background, a lot of what I did in community organizing and teaching was trying to get people on the same page and moving in the same direction. And so those skills translate whether I was you know, teaching in higher education or whether I'm working with the leadership team of a small business. Well, that's the thing. I mean, because you, I was reading about you and it says your bio there and it says pivoting from leadership consultings to systems alignment. Well, that's a big thing, right? I mean, you're consulting some on someone's leadership, but now you're changing that approach to go to more of a systems-based outlook. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and really it's the marriage between the two, right? So what, what we know is that the system is perfectly designed to produce the results that it's producing. And that's, kind of a no duh statement. But what it means is that if you're getting a certain result, right, which is we have internal communication breakdowns, or we have, you know, disgruntled employees, or we have out of date processes, it's like, well, your system is making that possible. That's the output that you're getting. So we have to change the way the system is organized or operated in order for that result to be different. And those systems are run and controlled by people. And so it's this kind of understanding the behaviors and the aptitudes of leaders and being able to kind of couple that with a system that allows that business to thrive, right? It's the interaction between the two. Especially the small business. I mean, I owned a small business and I was reading about, you wrote something here, complexity spark the shift from surviving to thriving. But when you're running a small business, you tend to be doing a lot of stuff yourself. Even when you hire people and you're putting out fires on the left and you're putting out fires on the right and you're trying to sell and you're trying to put in your ERP or operating system, or everything's been going on at the same time. So I guess your job is to calm that whole thing down and come up, am I right? Right, with the with the systems approach that will transfer that business from pure unadulterated one man on entrepreneurship to okay, we've got something to build on. Correct? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, when the, when I say complexity, you know, I had a client that coined the term for me, uh, and he mentioned you know meeting the complexity threshold, and really what he was saying is like, all right, I was able to get it from zero to two million, and now I'm flying around all the time trying to be all things to all people and I can't see how to get to 4 million or 5 million, right? And I think that's the case with a lot of businesses, you know, as they get to the point where they've got enough systems or enough people or enough clients where all of a sudden their time gets spread pretty thin. And that's often where I meet clients is in what I call kind of like the scalability section, right? Where we want to go from that kind of startup, big dog operator mentality, flying around, solving all the problems to, all right, I really can't sustain this over time. Let's put some structures, let's put some systems in place. And so we really look at five aspects of every business. So we call we have a system we call the five facets of business. We look at culture, strategy, operations, story, which is kind of the sales and marketing aspect and finances. And so when we say aligning the misaligned, really what we're saying is most organizations are good at two or three of those things. 
And it really depends upon the founder and the leadership team where they excel. And the other two or three things is what drags the business down and keeps it from scaling. So we want to elevate all five aspects of your business or all five facets of your business to ensure that you actually have systems and structures in place for that to scale and grow. And actually by doing that, you reduce the complexity, right? So it's less flying around and solving things kind of one off. And, you know, you hear about cognitive load and like just how much people are carrying it's like, well, actually, what we want to do is simplify, streamline, and structure those five aspects of your organization so that you can understand what you're doing and actually make forward movement. Well, I was just thinking about that. I agree with what you're saying, but I have a question about it because the one thing that's the X factor is employees. Because I, I know from starting my own business, like at first you are the employee, you're the owner, you're the employee, you're the janitor, you're everything, right? So, but you have control of that. Now you start bringing in people. And what happens at first is you're wondering, well, do people care about this company the same way you do? Well, of course they don't. They don't own the company. And that right there is a transition. So before I can get to those five facets, how do I handle that X factor of employees coming in? Or now that I think about it, maybe that's what the five facets are about because it puts the employees also in a certain box where they can operate. Uh, am, am I on to something there or not? Yeah, you're, you're spot on. You know, what most employees care but like we like to talk about how much employees want to be paid more they want good benefits packages those things are true but the truth is there's two types of contracts in any organization there's social contracts and there's market contracts and the market contracts are the monetary contracts you have with employees the social contracts are we do this because we're in this together right like we have a certain understanding of how we want to be together who we want to be and how we want to operate and so what the five facets allows for is each of those five aspects of culture strategy operation story and finance, you have design elements, and then you have implementation elements. And so what the design elements do is they paint a picture of who do we want to be while we do what we do. And that's where you're inviting people into the social contract. So for example, you're going to have a purpose statement, you're going to have a vision that everybody understands, you're going to have values and behaviors that everybody understands on the culture side, right? And because you understand those things, you can hire somebody, you can say, hey, here's who we want to be as we do what we do. Is that something that resonates? Like, can you see yourself buying into that? Is that? Does that align with who you are as a person? And if it does, great. Now let's look at the strategy side. Can you see where we're going? And do you have, like, are you able to own certain aspects of this business? Like I have a number two in my company. Her name's Hannah. She and I are very different people. And that's perfect because she fills in the gaps that I can't fill, right? She is very operationally minded. She's a high executor. And it's great. It allows me to play in the design and strategy space a little a bit more, which is where I like to be. So the other part of that is, okay, can I find a person who can help fill this vision that we've created around each of those five aspects of our business? And who's the one who can really do that? But kind of playing on both of those things, the market and the social contract. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, not to talk politics, but I remember when Reagan was president and they said, well, he's not that smart of a man. The only reason he was successful is he brought in all these smart people around him. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? If you know you're not that smart and then you bring in smart people around you because you don't have the ego, that means you did something smart. Am I correct? I mean, you brought in smart people that could do what you can't do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I honestly think a lot of what I see where a lot of companies go wrong is they partner with somebody, they might have a co-founder and that co-founder and them are really similar. 
and they care about the same things, they're passionate about the same things. And what they do then is they compete with each other, right? Like they both have ownership over so many things. When you have a lack of clarity over ownership, it results in two things. It results in indecision and inaction. Meaning, well, if you and I started a business together and we're both more like sales types people and relationship type people, well, do you own that or do I own that? Who gets the final decision around it? And if we don't know the answer to that question, then it causes us to sputter or causes a conflict. But in my company, like Hannah and I are two totally different people. So she knows what she owns. I know what I own. I trust her to do everything that she needs to do and vice versa. And then from there, we can scale our company because we've got ownership, clear lines of ownership. Yeah, that's so important, right? But it's hard to do all those five things at one time, right? I mean, like, how do you put that implementation? Because, you know, we talk about implementing those five facets. Do you do it all at once, slowly? Or do you start with the culture first? Or you go right into systems? Talk a little bit about that, like how those five steps come to play. Yeah, that's a really great question. There's essentially three phases to the implementation. We start with assessment. And so we want to get really clear about kind of what are actually the challenges in your organization specifically. You know, we like to use the analogy, if you're going to go on a vacation and you're mapping out your trip, what's the first thing you need to know? Which is where are we on the map right now, right? Where a lot of organizations say, hey, we want to go, you know, here, we want to be a $5 million business, but they don't take the time to figure out, well, where are we on the map? And so we want to start with that. We want to start with that assessment piece. And then essentially we have like a four phased movement to implement all five facets of the business. And so phase one, we actually don't start with culture or strategy. We start very much in the operations space. We call it movement day. And the reason we do that is because we want to create those ownership lines. We want to create data. We want to create clarity about where are we? And can we give people the lens of real clarity around what am I focusing on? What am I owning? What data am I responsible for? And so we gather data. We gather that information before we move into culture and strategy. So we really start from an operational perspective just to get really clear about what is the core business, who owns what. From there, then we move into culture strategy, and then we go towards kind of that sales marketing aspect. And finance is kind of tied all the way through. Like we kind of are dealing with the book side of it all the way through just to make sure we're clear. It takes about four months to implement the whole system. And we kind of do a big chunk and then we give it a couple weeks and we kind of coach our way through and build some product, you know, support clients and building the systems that they need to build. And then we have another big movement, same kind of thing. It takes about four to five months to implement. And then we often stick around for another four or five months as advisors or as they weave it through the organization, depending upon the scale of the company. If it's a five person company, we can do it pretty fast. If it's a 50 person company, it takes a little bit longer, of course. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, Dave. I mean, I think the reason that one of the reasons that fascinated me about having you on the today's program is that when I built my company, I was, if you really look at it, I was always a business development sales type of guy. I was not the brightest light bulb when it came to operations. But the funny thing is, I don't know how, but I figured out everything. Like, even though I'm a sales guy as an owner, when you're going for survival, I found a good ERP system. I found a third-party human resource 
resources to help with employee issues. I mean, I came up with everything, but was I really great at everything? No. Or was I really not great at everything? Or really was I not interested in everything? Because guys that are like pure sales guys and love making deals, deal makers, ladies and guys that do that, they're not always interested in, okay, the process of line one on your process line versus line two versus line three. And sometimes I really, you know, sit back and I wonder if I would have put more time into operations, which I'm not saying I didn't. I mean, I brought in like good people around me, which is something we just talked about with helped with it. But should I have brought in good people sooner? Should I have started with more like less clients, less sales growth, and more of a structured operational approach right from the beginning, which would have even helped scale the business more? Uh, so that's why I'm very, very interested in that, right? Yeah. When I think, you know, in some ways, you're probably not giving yourself enough credit for how good you were operationally. Obviously, you had a lot of success. And you mentioned that you were bringing in a lot of people, right? Like you brought in HR support or you brought in support. Like sometimes the solution to those problems is, hey, I recognize that this is not something I should have full ownership over. And I think for business owners, especially like I'm a bootstrapper, right? Like I started just myself and have kind of been building a company over time. And I think that's a common story for a lot of folks is really where do you get the most energy? Where do you have the most impact? And where are the spaces? You know, I managed my books for a long time. I managed operations for a long time time, but it's not my greatest strengths. So I want to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people who like that, who are really good at it, who when I say, hey, can you do this? They get really fired up about it. And that's something that they really enjoy. So to your point, like I, I like to think about it in terms of 80-20, of right? Like I want to spend 80% of my time in the things that I'm really good at and I'm really fired up about. And I want to spend about 20% of my time worrying about the things that are less energy creating for me. And I want that to be the opposite equation for the people you know who work with me, right? Like they should be spending 80% of their time in their main focus area and then 20% of their time generally kind of understanding the business. And I think that's a really healthy balance. Like I shouldn't be not involved in operations conversations of my business because I need to know what those are because they have a relationship, but I don't need to spend 80% of my time there. And I think for a lot of business owners, that seems to be a good percentage if you want to think about it that way. Yeah, because I think what we're really saying here is not, it's hard to find that one unicorn that is good at everything, whether if you're a sales guy, you're probably not a great operations guy. If you're, if you're a bean counter and accounting guy and an operations guy, you may not know how to sell. You know, that's why there's a division of responsibilities, correct? Yeah, absolutely. But to your point, like I actually think most businesses need both of those mindsets, right? And I think that's where a lot of conflict can come from. From a business, if you treat it as a conflict, if you don't see the value in the other person's perspective, and it's because you're often going to find conflict in each other because the sales guy or woman is more likely to say, hey, let's keep pushing. Hey, I've got this new deal coming. We should push here. We should pursue here. They tend to be high ideas, you know, generating a lot of energy. And the operations people are thinking about, yeah, but how are we going to do all that? Right. And so the balance between those two and the conflict between those two is important when the salesperson values the operations person advice 
vice versa. It's like, well, the operations person likely needs to be pushed a little farther and the salesperson often needs to, you know, step on the brake on occasion. And so that balance is important. And that's where that leadership behavior side of things comes into play. It's like, well, let's create, and the systems piece, let's create the conditions for us to both push and systematize at the same time and have skills in those in both of those places. By the way, you're listening to Dave Duell today on Small Business Horsepower. We're so happy to have him on the show, Graham. And Dave, I was reading this. This is a great line here, channeling business tension here for transformational growth. I mean, because there is a tension, right? I mean, every company has tension, but how you channel that and use that as the fuel for growth, that's key, right? So talk a little bit about that here. Yeah, that's a really great framework. And actually, we were just kind of poking at it in terms of, well, do we do we grow or do we systematize, right? So the tension is, you know, the question is often like, well, do we focus on the team or do we focus on the individual? Do we focus on ideation or execution? The answer to those questions is yes, right? And I think for your organization to identify where are the biases, right? Like, well, do we focus on the team or do we focus on the individual? It's like, well, if we focus on the individual most of the time, you know, if that's a scale of one to 10, one being team and 10 being individual, we're a nine. What would it look like if we were a six on that scale? And what do we actually want to achieve from the team? Like, we don't have to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum, but we should be able to dance between those two things. So for example, if if it is like, hey, we need to scale and grow our business, but, or do we scale and grow our business or do we systematize structure and slow down? The answer is yes. It's where's our bias. And if we lean too far one direction, we're going to go out of balance with the other one. So it is a little bit of let's keep that tension on the table. And tension is often where the best business opportunities exist is, hey, we push too hard on the sales. We're going to take ourselves out of whack and we're going to hurt ourselves on the operation side. So what would it look like if we were a five instead of a 10 on that scale? Right. That is an amazing point here. You write about the talk about the three stages of company alignment, how to get and stay aligned. Let's just go quickly through those three stages. Sure. Yeah. So on the front end, you heard me talk about our purpose as an organization is to align the misaligned. And what we mean by that is that the three stages of any organization are alignment, misalignment and realignment. And so alignment is all of our systems are moving in the same direction. We're crushing our goals. People are fired up. And every organization is going to experience that at a period of time, right? And they're also going to experience misalignment. There's nothing you can do about that. It's just going to happen. And misalignment is when those systems aren't lining up and the people in the organization aren't lining up. So we really want to take people from misalignment to realignment. So it's alignment, misalignment, realignment. And we're always in one of those stages. And what our company likes to do is to move people from misalignment into realignment back to alignment. So that realignment is the application of the five facets of business. It's creating the conditions to sustain alignment longer and to move through realignment quicker. When you design and apply an operating system to your organization, the five facets being one of them, you can stay in alignment longer and move through realignment faster because you have created the conditions to do so. You can't avoid misalignment. All you can do is create the conditions to get through realignment faster. Every relationship is like this. If you have a spouse or a partner or a friend or a family member, you exist in one of those three stages. Either we're aligned, misaligned, or realigning. So every company has the same dynamic. That is fantastic. Dave, we're running out of time. Let me ask you a question. Where can people find you? Give all your contact information and, uh, you know, and where they can find your consulting business. 
Yeah, so the easiest way to find us is to go to www.theevolvedifference.com. We will, I'll share with you a link for the show notes where, where folks can go. That's where you can find out more information about the five facets. We have a free assessment on the website as well. That's just, you know, I mentioned one of the first stages we do is assess. We want to know where are we on the map. It's a five minute, 26 question survey. You automatically get the results. You don't have to interact with anybody if you don't want to, but it really just gives you a sense of, okay, where are we strong? Where could we use some support and some work? Uh, So we just strongly encourage people to take that assessment and see where they are in their business. And that's available on the website as well. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for coming on today's program at Small Business Horsepower. Thanks so much for having me. You're a a good host. You ask good questions. I appreciate that. Thank you. Bye-bye.